Welcome to Leading from Alignment, a weekly podcast from Converge Coaching, where our passion is to help you lead better, lead longer, and enjoy it more. Hello and welcome again to another episode of Leading from Alignment with our good friend, John Opaluski. How are you today, John? Jim, I'm good and my day's better because I'm spending some of, <laughs> some of it with you. Right on. Thank you for that. Well, I, and I say the same thing back. I want to get right into the topic today because if I think if there's a podcast, people have been waiting for the other shoe to drop and they had to mm-hmm. wait a week. It's this one. Last week we got into some stuff, the, the mind, the brain, physiology, uh, trillions of cells. Could you just give us a, a, a three minute recap of a 21 minute podcast last week? And then we'll, we'll get into sure. this week. So last week, Jim, we talked about the power um, of thinking on our leadership influence, yeah. on our leadership life. And we, we said this, that what we think and feel about God, ourselves, and others determines in many ways the degree of the health and fullness we experience in leading our family, our team, our business, or our church. And, and we said this, that, that every thought impacts us. Uh, we, we quoted B.H. Lipton, and he said this, that every thought changes the brain chemistry, which impacts all 75 to 100 trillion cells of the body at quantum mm. speeds. Wow. And, and, you know, no wonder, isn't it any wonder that Paul insists in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 that we take every thought captive? You know, the first time I read that, Jim, I thought, Paul, what are you talking about? <laughs> I mean, yeah. are you just trying to make a point? Or are you... Mm-hmm. But the older I get and the more I understand about how our brain impacts, how our thoughts impact our brain and how our brain impacts every cell in our body, the more I believe Paul was not kidding around. He wasn't using hyperbole. Mm -hmm. He meant it. He meant every thought. And so we talked last week about that and how our response, what our responsibility is as a leader is to take destructive thinking patterns. Uh, destructive attitudes that have crept into our lives and uh, lean them up against the truth of God's word. And whatever's not true, we toss aside and we move forward. So that's kind of what we talked about in the first part of, you know, thinking your way to a better life. I I know today we're going to make the shift from thoughts to the fruit of thoughts, which is emotions, Mm -hmm. Uh, emotions being very chemical, very, very physical. And I think it's interesting that we have a right by, again, exercising our mind as our body exercises the liver to remove what is impure, to mm-hmm. not give place to what is going to poison us. Um, it takes those thoughts captive. Then as the liver would then expel poisons from the body, we then, we, we force that thought to be obedient. We, we tell it to take on a new narrative. We don't allow it to progress. Whatever that is, we challenge it with truth. I, I just think that's brilliant. But I, and you see where this, this is now going to affect our life today, our emotions, instead of being mm-hmm. discouraged. We can be encouraged. Instead of yeah. being uh, unforgiving and bitter, we can be full of grace and mercy and love. This, this really, I, I can see where Paul says in Romans 12, too, we talked about last week, they'd be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That word right. transformed is the word metamorphose, which we get our word metamorphosis. It's literally to take a thought that was a tadpole and turn it into a frog. Mm-hmm. Uh, completely different, completely other than to be transformed, to take it from being a worm to a butterfly, probably a better, yeah. a better picture. So that being transformed in that process where my response is now my responsibility. I'm going to take mm-hmm. these thoughts captive, force them into obedience. 
I, I, there's probably not a spouse out there that isn't hoping that their spouse is listening to this, this <laughs> podcast right now, right? I'm my sure is hoping I'm listening to what we're saying. <laughs> right, because I mean, anger is a reflex. It's a, it's a response, it's a reaction. But if I can reprogram the physiology of my brain, my neuron paths to stop before I express anger and say, what am I really angry about? Take that thought captive, then I don't explode. I'm actually a more meditative, personal, I don't mean meditative like yoga, but I mean, I, I take time to think before I say something. Correct. Um, my personality type doesn't know what it's thinking until it hears itself say it. And so this is, this is something I have to be careful of because it just comes out of my mouth and I realize I've hurt people um, or offended them or frightened them, that kind of thing. So this is, yeah. you're speaking to me today. So let's take that next step now. Our thought, we, we've got the word of God. We've taken the thought captive. We've made it obedient to truth. We're being transformed in a process. We're not being conformed, pressed into what is normal according to the world standards. We're being right. transformed into this new creation. And, and now our emotions are going to follow. Tell us a little bit more about that. So this is the second piece of the puzzle, um, uh, taking ownership of our emotions. Yeah. Jim, as an adult, I'm responsible for my emotions. Yeah. Thank you Laura, for saying My wife, Laura, is not responsible for those. The people I lead are not responsible for that. If you're a pastor... Your church, your board is not responsible yeah. for your emotions. You are. Your emotions are your responsibility. My emotions are my responsibility. So there are two ways to really deal with this subject. We could talk about it from a curative perspective. Jim, mm-hmm. you know, so if, if you're really in emotional trouble, you know, what do you do? Right. Um, you know, how do I, if, I, I, if I'm in an, in an emotionally bad state, how do I, how do I, go down a path that will help bring healing to me well so that's one way we could go another way we could go is talking about the preventive side yeah of our emotions today and if it's okay with you i'd like to maybe focus most of our attention on the preventive side yeah um we can talk about curative if if you'd like um but let's talk about prevention first because prevention is always easier than curing um And maybe we can say this, if, if, the, if your thoughts on prevention don't solve our issues, then maybe it's time to get some help there you in, go. in other ways that are, that are dig a little deeper. So if we're okay, that's, that's right. multivitamins make us feel better and stronger. And, but if, if the disease is stronger than, than the multivitamins, let's go deal with the disease. Let's get to the root of it. So yep, that's right. I think that's it's a great, great way of thinking about it. So, so the question is, how do we take ownership in a preventive manner Yeah. Uh, when it comes to we use this terminology last week, keeping our emotional cup full. Yeah. Um, and here's the good news that we don't have to understand a complex 12 step process to gain emotional fullness. I, aren't you glad that, you know, you don't have to master 15 disciplines yeah. to take good uh, hygiene, to, to use good emotional hygiene. Let's put it that way. Good phrase, um, yeah. We only need to grasp, one important axiom. Now, there are things that flow out of that, Jim, but here's the axiom we have to grab a hold of is I and you and anybody listening today must discover what fills up our emotional tank mm-hmm. and schedule it into our calendar. Yeah. That's the axiom. What fills you up and, and is that in your calendar enough? Yeah. Now, that's simple to understand. I mean, that's it's so basic. It's much harder to execute. Well, and can I say this? I think too, because we started this 10 months ago as a crisis. I'm not sure all of us have emerged to a normalcy in the midst of what started as a crisis. So when the house is burning down, I don't think about watching a movie that makes me laugh. 
-hmm. but I, but the house has been burning down for 10 months. So I, I think, I think this might be a, a reset for some of the people listening today. You, you need yeah. to remember there was a day when you were a lot happier than you are today when your cup right. had a lot more juice in it than it does today. And the excuse of, well, this is an emergency. I don't have any choice. Well, it's the emergency to some degree has become normal. It, yes. it, it's an emergency time. So I, the, the boat isn't sinking. It's just, it's just different. <laughs> yeah. So, so you still need to sleep and exercise and all those things, even you know, though Jim, the emergency, you know. You're right. And Jim, I, I a couple of pods ago, I talked about conversations I've been having with pastors um, yeah. in the last, and, and this week has been more of the same. Um, just uh, the last two days, I've had conversations with pastors and, and, and I've encouraged them, hey, step away for a minute. Yeah. Take an hour, go walk in the woods, take two yeah. hours um, and, and get quiet because you, you are, you're, they're feeling overwhelmed. And part yeah. of the overwhelmness is, is that they're, they're not, they're, they're doing exactly what you just said. Yeah. I'm in an emergency. I can't stop. I can't slow down. I can't take my day off. No, all of that's yeah. not true. No, that's not true. As a matter of fact, for some of you, that's the answer. Yeah. You need to take a step back, get quiet, go hit a bucket of golf balls. Now it's getting harder to do here in Michigan because it's cool. bright colors so you can find them. <laughs> there yeah. you go. Um, but do something to get away from the pressure of the moment so that you can get perspective. Yeah. Um, and so um, even in the middle of all of this craziness, a leader still has to care for himself or herself. No one will, no one will do that for you, by the way. I said that earlier. Yeah. I can't do that for you. I can encourage you to do that. You can do that. You can encourage uh, somebody, but only you will care for yourself. And it becomes, it becomes critical in times of pressure and tension and elongated stress. Right. right. Super, super important. So what is it that fills your tank and is it in your calendar? Right. So for me, and I'll let you share in a minute, Jim, what does it for you? But let me give you an example of what does it for me. Time spent in nature yeah. fills my tank. Yeah. So you and I live in a state that has a just unbelievable abundance of beautiful lakes yeah. and beaches. So for me, one hour staring at the crystal clear blue waters of Lake Michigan yeah. fills my emotional tank. I sit on yeah. the beach, I watch water for an hour, and I, I feel revived. I feel crazy, centered. Yeah, that's um, crazy. Even happy. Yeah, <laughs> if I'm not careful. <laughs> right. I'm actually happy. <laughs> so, you know, that's, that's, that's something. Exercise does that for me. Time spent with friends does that for me. I don't know. What about you, Jim? Yeah, all the above. I, I've done two things. Uh, I've taken micro vacations mm. where I, I last uh, two Sundays ago, I left for Jacksonville, Florida, Sunday afternoon. I was home by two o'clock Tuesday. But the purpose was Monday was going to be a beautiful day. A friend has a, a home down there. Hey, please come down. We ate at restaurants. I sat in the sunshine. I wore shorts. Uh, it, it was it was outside my natural normal rhythm. There were palm mm -hmm. trees. Um uh, the average age of the person around me was 20 years older than I was. So I felt young, you know, I, I, we walked the beach for miles and talked to 
shirtless tan guys with their metal detectors and Asian guys with their bucket full of fish. And it was just, it was so other than that I naturally relaxed everything that's used normally. So that would be, I, you say, well, is it even worth going to Florida for 24 hours? Well, it was for me. It, it really was. I, I got more out of that 24 hours in the sunshine eating outside without a mask on. There's less restrictions down there right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was just good for my soul. It just felt normal. And I took a good breath of normal and then came right back to work on Tuesday and went right back to work. And I, I got a week's worth of days off in Fenton in Michigan for one day off out of the office. The other thing that I do is this is the micro micro vacation. So I, I've gotten in the habit, like you're saying, nature, if somebody's physically capable, they want to have a meeting with me, they're physically capable of walking. I meet them for, for a walk while we have our conversation. Mm-hmm. Not only is it better for my soul to be outside breathing air and the sunshine and all that kind of stuff. I found that it actually helps a lot of people to feel relaxed outside of a clinical environment of mm. a pastor's office yeah. to talk. When people want to dream, I, I put them in my vehicle and we drive the streets of the city where we talk about how we're going to win it. What's your ministry going to look like this year? So instead of being in an office for eight hours, meeting after meeting after meeting, I'm going to a restaurant, I'm meeting in a coffee shop, I'm outside in nature, I'm taking a drive around the city. So as, as tiny as that sounds, the worst thing for me is an eight hour day that has seven or eight meetings in it that I don't get to leave the room that I'm in and I don't get to see the sunshine. That is, mm-hmm. that, that is solitary confinement for me. I, I'm tired after the first meeting and I know I have seven more. Mm-hmm. I, I, I can't, but I, yeah. if I know I'm going to walk in with Fred, I'm going for a drive with Wilma and I'm, you know, Pebbles and I are playing golf and we're going to do it over a bucket of balls. <laughs> like I, I don't mind living in bedrock because it's different. So I, yeah. would, I would say uh, find ways to do what you enjoy that also accomplishes your mission. Those, those aren't mm. exclusive things. People want to go ahead and get a bucket of balls with their pastor so they can dream about their, their new business or mm. they want to drive around the city in, in a private setting as they tell you their marriage is falling apart and you pull over and, and pray for them. You know what I mean? They, yeah. it, it's more personal when you're a part of their, when you're both on equal ground, when you're sitting on the opposite side of a desk, you know, as a pastor listens to your problems and looks at his watch, it's clinical. It, it doesn't have the same fruit, I don't think. So it's better for my soul to work where my soul is alive. Um, yeah. And, and you know, Jim, it might sound like some of these things are luxuries, you know, like, uh, yeah. but they're Say not, that. you they're know, not. they're not scheduling these tank filling activities into our busy lives is not a luxury. No. It's an essential. It is. Um, especially if you want to run a marathon, if you're only interested in the short sprint, you can just turn us off right now. But if you're interested in leading for the long haul, yeah. What we're talking about here matters so much. It's, it's preventive. It's, it's much less expensive to be preventive than it is to be yes. curative. Boy, and and sure. so we want to challenge those of you who are listening today. We know it's been crazy. We, yeah. we, you know, we, we understand you're telling us that. We're not, uh, we're not uh, thinking this is the way it is. We know this is the way it is because you are telling us. You are telling us this is the, this yeah. is the way it is, and so we want to encourage you uh, from last week and even today, even in this week, we want to encourage you to do two simple things, and one is to watch your thoughts and position them with mm-hmm. the truth. Every thought that is contrary to truth must leave, yeah. and I'm going to believe what God says. Mm-hmm. I'm going to believe what is true. Because when I do that, when I think about that, when I allow those thoughts to dominate, I have peace. And when I have peace as a leader, guess what happens? It's contagious. Yeah, most of the people around me do. So that's the first piece. And then this second piece is to own your emotional 
well-being. See it, Jim, see it as stewardship. Yeah. You are a steward of your emotions. <laughs> and and yeah. the, one of the best ways you can do that is to be preventive. Now, if you are doing those things and you're still struggling, you know, what do you do? Well, yeah. um, we, we encourage you to do several things. One is to go see your doctor and tell him or her what's going on in your life. Your doctor needs to be part of your team, part of your relational network. You have a body, you have a soul and you have a spirit. That's yeah, right. The body is, if, you're, if your spirit is willing, but your flesh is weak, then curing your spirit doesn't help. That wasn't where the problem was. Right. Second one is to get to a, a, a professional counselor, a licensed counselor, somebody who is skilled at scrubbing out emotional wounds. Yeah. And um, I have a counselor, Jim, and he's on demand. I see him uh, uh, on an as-needed basis, but he has helped me tremendously be able to dig deeper into what is fueling my distress yeah. and give me some really good uh, strategies to work my way through that. So those would be two right away. Here's a third one I would encourage you. So if you're here, you're listening, and you say, yeah, John, I've been doing all the preventive stuff, but I'm still struggling. Get to your doctor, get to a counselor. Here's the third thing. Put some quality people around you, people who make you laugh, people who love you, who are safe, um, people who will pray for you. And to me, those are three really steps you could take almost instantaneously. Yeah. All, and, and that will begin that pathway toward the curative side of what we're talking about today, although we didn't talk much about it um, Jim, do you have anything to add to that? Well, I, I would say this. What do you say to the, the, the person who's listening right now, John? Because you, you needed this talk years ago, and, it, and mm -hmm. it didn't exist to your knowledge, right? So you, you went through a series of, I'm okay, it's okay, it's no big deal, and then all of a sudden, you're under an avalanche. Yep. What do you say to the guy that goes, well, I, I felt this way before I snapped back. It's mm -hmm. okay, it's no big deal, not realizing that it really is affecting their leadership, their family, their marriage. Yeah their kids, their, their everything, their neighborhood, their world, their, every cell in their body is being affected by putting off the tomorrow. Um, but, but, but again, isn't that the definition of insanity? I'm going to do the same thing, expecting some different yeah. result tomorrow. So what do you say to that person? It's like, I, I'm okay, John. Thanks, but I, I'm really okay. Well, I would ask them to ask their spouse, <laughs> do you think I'm okay? Yeah. yeah. See, Laura knew I wasn't okay before I knew. Yeah, yeah. I knew. I didn't know, Jim. I was depressed before I knew I was depressed. Right. So when somebody tells me I'm not depressed, I, I know. I know enough now to know. Well, I didn't know I was. Right. And I, I had people telling me, John, you're in trouble. John, slow down. John, do this. And it was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just like noise. It was like Charlie Brown's teacher. Yeah. You know, on the in the peanut. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I was not listening. So I would I would encourage you to ask the people in your life who know you the best and love you the most. Hmm. Do you think I'm okay? Hmm. Secondly, I would get in touch with the propensity you have and I have to lie to ourselves about hmm. how well we are or aren't. Yeah. And, and realize, look, if you don't take care of this. There is an invisible cement wall that mm. awaits you. Yeah. And one day you will crash into that wall and it will happen suddenly. And it will take you months and months and months to recover when it could have been prevented.
So that's what I would say. Good. I, I agree completely. You know, I, I had a, a, a bout, uh, not, not nearly as severe as the one that, that we've talked about in your mm -hmm. life, but that I was done. My, my expression of depression was I'm quitting the ministry. I have no direction for my life and I can't feel anything. Nothing, nothing. I, all my emotions we just talked about, they, I did, I, if I won the lottery or my dog died, I would, I would have felt either one of those. It's just my feeler was dead. One of my friends is a missionary. He said, your, your give a darn's broken. That was the way I thought that's a great way to say it. My give a yep. darn's broken. But because of that experience, I know because of your experience, when we see those yellow lights blinking on the dashboard now, we don't wait for them to turn red that's and right. the engine blow up. A yellow light is a warning to check your oil, pull over, put air in the tire. It's just, it's, it's a merciless master that mm -hmm. we make ourselves subject to in depression. So please, please, please listen to John's wisdom, John's testimony, his heart. If you're struggling and, and you can't see a way where this is gonna have a major change, you need to make a major change mm -hmm. while we're waiting for this emergency, you know, to, to have one more contraction and finally give birth to something new. But it's, yeah. we're, I don't know, I, I used to say we're one day closer. I don't think we're anywhere near the end of this thing. I'll just be honest with you. I don't, yeah. I, think, I think we still have a lot more time in this season and coming out of the season is gonna be a whole new season. Yep. So don't, don't say we're almost there, we're almost there. I can hold on two more minutes, 10 more days. Don't do that. Get some help. People love you. You are fulfilling their calling when you allow them to minister to you. And yep. I, I just say this, John, I, you know, your calling is to help leaders, to help pastors specifically. And if, if they're like, listen, I don't know a counselor. I don't, I don't have a medical doctor. I don't know that I even trust people to be honest, but John, mm -hmm. I, I trust you because you've been there. I know you're confidential. How would they get a hold of you? Best way, Jim, is for them to go to our website, convergecoach.com, uh, click on the link that says contact us, and that starts a conversation with us. Uh, and actually, the first conversation with us is a 30-minute intake conversation, and uh, it's free. And we determine whether or not we can help you. And if we can't, yeah. we will get you to somebody who we know and trust that can help you. Right. I love that. Well, John, thank you again. I, your, your transparency is refreshing, but you just say it. You know that you're, you're willing to take um, the life's misery and turn it into your life's ministry is, yeah. is awesome. So thank you for that. And Laura and, and all you guys that, that work so hard. So we, uh, we are praying for you. We're cheering for you. We're, we're writing, we're reading, we're, <laughs> we're talking, we're listening for you because that's, that's what Converge does. We're, we're here to help you. John, thank you so much for your time again today. And we are we are on your team as you continue to lead from the life.